Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Look out. It's only films to be buried with The Resurrection. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a napkin folder, and I love films. As Helen Rowland famously once said, you will never win if you never begin, and you will never get to the end of Reds unless you start it. That's a good shout, actually. It is a surprisingly long film. Fair play, Helen. Nice one. Thank you. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week! This week, I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring back a former guest from the dead and ask them 12 new questions. And this week, it is the comeback of the brilliant co-creator, brilliant actor, writer, genius, from Ted Lasso, Coach Beard himself, is the brilliant Mr. Brendan Hunt. Now, normally, I would say to go to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get an extra 20 minutes with Brendan. You get a secret, you get a video. You can find it all at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. However, this week's Patreon was so special, and Brendan shared a secret that was very moving and I thought might actually be useful to people. So I asked Brendan if he would be okay with me including it in the main section, and he agreed that he was very happy to, and that it would be a nice thing. So the patron is now included for everyone. I hope you find it special in the way that I did, and that's it. Uh, Your TV homework, get caught up on Ted Lasso if you haven't. It's on the Apple TV Plus app. Also, the film we made in 2015, Superbob, is now available in the States on Amazon Prime. So get round to watching that romantic comedy. You'll fucking love it. So Brendan Hunt, you know him. He's a wonderful man. He's a very special boy. Uh, we recorded this in the office where we are writing season three of Ted Lasso. It was the end of the day. We went to separate offices so we could record it over the Zoom and get the audio right. However, it's quite mad because we were literally next door to each other. I think it's a really lovely one, and I think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 174 of Films to be Buried with. The Resurrection! Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today 
by an actor, a writer, a co-creator, a producer, a improver, a man that every single person I run into in the street seems to know, a father, a lover, and a Emmy winner. Please welcome to the show, The Magnificent. He's back. He's back from the dead. It's the brilliant, it's Mr. Brendan Hunt. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for doing this, Brendan. For the listeners at home, Brendan and I are separated by a wall, recording this on Zoom in offices right next door to each other in a move that, frankly, is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he cares about his, uh, his audience, people. He wants his precious video. I mean, if we didn't do it this way, people couldn't watch me drink this water. Listen, you don't, you don't know how much people, and by people, I mean, of course, Brené Brown wants to see your face. And if we did this face-to-face, <laughs> we couldn't record it, and Brené Brown wouldn't be able to watch her precious Brendan's face. And that is why we're oh doing my. this. Well, anything for Brené. Brené deserves it. <laughs> now, <laughs> tell me this, young Brendan. Yes, sir. We are currently working in the writer's room, season three of Ted Lasso. Ever heard of it? Have you found, since we, I can't remember at what point we recorded this podcast, but I think it was before, when you first did it, it was before everything happened in terms of before people watched the show. How has life changed for you? Tell me one thing that you absolutely love about it and one thing that you absolutely hate about it. One thing I actually love about it is the ease with which I apparently can attend any soccer game in this country. And I'm calling it soccer because I'm referring to in this country, uh, the country of the of the United States, with their curious naming traditions, that's been pretty great. Like up till now, I got reared as a football fan in Europe and was going to lots of Ajax games. And then when we were doing Ted Lasso, I was going to tons of uh, Arsenal games. Eh? Um, and in LA, go to you know used to go to Galaxy games. Now I go to LAFC games. But I've seen and I've been to a couple of World Cups. But I've been to precious few United States internationals in the United States. And now I've been to two straight wins over Mexico in two different cities. And those are the biggest games we got over here. And I don't think that happens without Ted Lasso. So that part has been great. Can I say as a, as a, as a witness, uh, the joy that any soccer fan has when they see Brendan Hunt is really wonderful to see. He is their God and rightly so. <laughs> you know what? The, I, I mean, I, I don't like any of that, but I will say, um, I've been making these little videos before each round of uh, World Cup qualifiers for the U.S. And yeah, they're great. And um, I've been saying, you know, trying to get people to realize, you know, non-soccer fans to realize in 2026, we're going to host the World Cup. It's a big deal. Get ready. In fact, the team we're going to have on the pitch then is a team that's already playing now because they're like 18, 19, 20, and they will be in their prime in 2026. So I've been saying these are the guys, these are the, these are the guys, these are the guys. Coming back from the last game I was at, which was only a week ago, uh, a kid stops me at the Chicago airport and says, hey, sir. And he appears to be wearing a U.S. soccer uh, hoodie. And I'm like, oh, hi, uh, young fan. Uh, I had this made because of your videos. And I looked down and it is not a U.S. soccer crest. It says these are the guys in the mm. mode and shape of the U.S. soccer crest. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really neat. That's amazing. <laughs> You fucking invented the slogan that is going to take them all the way to the finals. I mean... Where they will be so sweltering hot. Slogans is all it takes, right? Yeah. I mean, we're coming home. Uh, f- football's coming home has worked. It's been nothing but nothing but trophies. It's worked so well and, you know, arguably makes little sense. And yet it's filled <laughs> with such meaning. 
Um, <laughs> Brendan Hunt, you have been brought back to life. But when have you been brought back to? Is there a time you would like to come back to and change something? Any regrets you'd like to fix? Or will you come back to now? Um, gosh, Gummit, I'm coming back to now. Yeah. I'm coming back to right now in this moment. No regrets. I'm not changing that damn thing. I mean, uh, plenty of mistakes, plenty of bad choices, but mm-hmm. eh, here we are. That's really nice. It's nice that you've chosen this moment, and it's also nice to know that... Uh, armed with all the knowledge you had, you wouldn't go back and stop COVID from happening. So that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much from everyone. (laughs) No, that's a lovely, lovely thing to do. I do always think that when people say, oh, I'd go back in time and kill Hitler or whatever, you think like, it's a bit more complicated than going back in time. You've got to find where he is. You've got to get in his, you know, there's a, it's not... It's not like you don't just turn up in front of him. You have to, I guess, join the Nazi party. Like there's a whole, it's a lot going on. And like Austria is not that small. If you want to even go like back to, you know, baby Hitler. Yeah. Like there's more than one maternity ward in Austria. Can't just roll up. Yeah. And at the time he's not famous. So when you're asking people going, does anyone see Adolf Hitler, the baby? Everyone's like, what? No, he's not even like a famous son of someone. Also a very common name in Austria. Like I'm looking for Hitler. Yeah. I mean, welcome to Spain. You're looking for Lopez? What, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> Not that easy. No, you're right to come back to now. Well done. Uh, how is, oh, one last question that I think everyone would like to know. Mm. How is um, your beautiful son? He's great. You had a baby in England. That's uh, correct. Where babies first came from. And uh, you have a, a lovely British son. Beautiful British boy. <laughs> you have a lovely British boy. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's, he's only, he's almost 10 months old, but like so much drinking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, he can hold it down for most of the time, but then suddenly switch flips and you do not want to be around him. Yeah, that's my boy. That's a good boy. Um, he's a lovely, lovely boy. How do you feel 10 months into being a dad? I mean, I feel pretty in touch with the magic of it. I mean, for, for lack of a less mushy word, I mean, just... It's, in, it's incredible. I mean, the things that people have to say about parenting, mm-hmm. you know, some are proven to be true. And the one is, you know, they say, like, you'll never love anything more. And I've heard then people say, like, how can that be? I already love as much as I possibly can. People say, like, well, aha, you don't, you don't reappropriate that love. You mm-hmm. find a whole new section of your heart that you didn't know existed. And it's twice as big. And, I mean, I'll, I think I find that all to be true. Like, He's at a stage right now where he's he's very social. He loves people as long as they don't come in too hot. But so when I come home, like this little ritual now, I come in, I just open the door, and he's almost always in the living room, and uh, and I just lock eyes with him, and he like will look at me and take a moment, and I, and this giant uh... smile. It is like, I mean, it's it's literally pure, you know. And um, you know, he's a he's been a little sick this last week. He's got a runny nose, and like that just. I mean, he's, I mean, there's a lot of kids who have a lot of worse off. Of course, this is just a runny nose. He will be mm-hmm. fine, but it's his first sickness. And so it just breaks our heart hearing him like try to breathe as he goes mm-hmm. to sleep and he doesn't know how to blow his nose. And, you know, we have this medieval like snot sucking device, you know, to try right. to clear his passageways. Anyway, he's he's great and he's so funny. And he sat up in his crib the other day for the first time all by himself. We saw it on video. It's yeah. captured. 
by the you know by the the very the very advanced surveillance to which we subject our children nowadays out of love. I really really love it. May I may I may I say what happened yesterday at the Apple event? Ted Lasso did a did a panel yesterday at the new Apple store uh, at the Grove, and Tim Cook himself was there, the wonderful Tim Cook, and Brendan as a very proud father showed him um, the video of his son sat on a cat table farting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you make it sound like it went to the, hey, uh, Mr. C, let me show you something. You're going to love this. You know, I think I was showing the video to the lovely Juno Temple and then she started laughing or laugh crying. And then Tim Cook over there like, what are you looking at? I'm like, oh, well, Mr. Cook, it's just a footage of my child. And I like did a Terminator scroll of the correct way to say this to a man of Tim Cook's stature. The passing gas, which is a phrase I never use. It's a really good video. It's like, oh, they do that, don't they? <laughs> um, okay, Brendan, you've come back to Earth at this specific time in the world. And you've come back. I brought you back to life because you know what? I missed you. And I thought, yeah, he's worth, he's worth keeping around, actually. I think I killed him prematurely. So I've brought you back. Uh, you're back to life, but in this life, weirdly, in a way that wasn't dissimilar to the heaven you were in, people are still interested in films, despite what TV would have you have you believe. And the first thing people want to ask you is, what was the last film you saw, Brendan Hunt? And you know, when people ask me that, I think I, I'm forced to tell them, like, well, that's it's one of the movies that uh, Brett Goldstein doesn't really like talking about, but it <laughs> is the actual answer to this question. So I hope he'll forgive me when I say Titanic. Wow, wow, we were. I mean, absolutely fascinating. Fascinating that that's the last film you saw. If if the, the reason it's the last film you saw is because you haven't seen a film since 1998. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay. But like this week, well, you I'm, watched Titanic? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming this question does not mean in the theater. If it does, then I have a different answer. But at home, we last night, the last week, we're just flicking through channels and like, fucking A, Titanic. The channels, you know, through mm-hmm. apps and letting the app suggest thing and... Okay, Titanic. I had not seen Titanic since it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. I remembered being like simultaneously impressed and underwhelmed by Titanic. I found it a bit too sentimental in a way mm-hmm. that did not grab me. Right. But now, pretty good movie. That's good to hear. Pretty good movie, that Titanic. It's good to hear. Well, since you described having a baby a bit like being the Grinch who stole Christmas and your heart grows two sizes bigger... <laughs> Then, of course, you love Titanic. I mean, I would imagine with a heart that big, Titanic's going to get you. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. I was very vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. What's the, what's the, what's the last one you saw in a, a cinema, for the record? I believe it's The Irishman. Oh, great movie. Really is. Oh, man. I was ready to be disappointed, but like, <laughs> solid, solid. Oh, I was all excited to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people talked about it with the weird CGI and how long it was, and like, yeah, you know, yeah, the CGI is a little weird, but you, you know, there's spaceships can't make noises when they shoot lasers in space either, so like we we forgive some things, and it yeah. did not feel long. I mean, it, that thing, that thing trucked. I loved it. Agreed. Brendan Hunt, it's a good question for you. This one: Who do you think should play you in the film of your life? A bit torn here between the, uh, the part of me that is an artist and wants to just present the truth. And then the part of me who goes to movies and sees that, like, those people are prettier than normal people. Um, so I will create a hybrid actor uh, named Steve Bouchalame. And Steve Bouchalame <laughs> has been cast in the role. He's 
Perfect. Steve Buscemi is the best actor of his generation. (laughs) Ah, what a great answer. (laughs) He's got everything. He's got everything that makes you up. Listen, and for the record, I think if you asked, again, Brene Brown, who do you think should play Brendan Hunt? She'd say, fucking Brendan Hunt, you ain't going to get hotter. Oh, oh, Brene. He's your movie star right there. Oh, I wonder if Brene knows I'm going to Austin next week. <gasps> I got to get in touch with Brene. Quick. Tell her. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to break up our marriage. Oh. And that would, would be really bad because she's got a very happy marriage. And... <laughs> I don't know. Impermanence, you know, impermanence is a central concept of our lives. (laughs) I don't know if you two should meet. It seems risky. (laughs) Now, next question. Speaking of romance, what's the most romantic (laughs) film you've ever seen? I had a little trouble with this one, but I I think the answer is Amelie. Okay, okay. You know, it's not all like you know. In fact, relatively little of it is is. You know, like heterosexual couple longing for each other kind of romance, but like the movie is romantic. It just mm. it, it's a it's a very romantic view of Paris. And that, you know, damn near the only view of it I have, but a romantic view of old shut-ins <laughs> mm. and uh, and a romantic view of forks. Well, it's it's just a very very lovely lovely and effective movie. Not a great Broadway musical. It never made it to Broadway. Uh, in fact, it tried, but uh, but it really holds up. Uh, knowing. Uh a bit about the plays you write and the things that you're interested in. You're a very romantic man, I'd say, Brendan Hunt. What, how do you define romance? I mean, I guess there's two definitions. You know, the one is, you know, kind of the, the, the version of being in love with someone that is sort of like a game, you know, because it can't just be each other's company for some reason. It also has to be well-timed boat rides through suitably placid seas. Yeah. But I think there's also, you know, just romantic views of things, you know, like one can have a romantic view of football. You know, one can have a, a, a romantic view of, of technology, I guess. But in the end, the most important thing to have a romantic view of is people and not even necessarily any individual person. And yeah, if, if that is the case, then I think Amelie does that. God bless you, Brendan Hunt. Um, what is the best film you ever saw that you never want to see again? This one too. I was like, "Gosh, I don't know." And then I, then I thought of the answer. Like, "Oh, that's definitely the answer." Um, <laughs> Dances with Wolves. Really? I think I'm good on Dances with Wolves. Yeah, that's funny. Why? Why I is mean, that a no go? I retain a mild curiosity about it, but like, I remember loving it in the theater. Like, it had been really built up. Like, this is a truly important American masterpiece from a guy who you love from Bull Durham. You don't think he has this in him, but he does. And also. The two main characters in this great, great epic of the Native American experience are white people. And that's the part where, like, I just, I think that's going to be a problem <laughs> going forward, you know? Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet the technique of, of it all is, is really great and the acting is still really great in the, in the cinematography for sure. Um, but, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. You can, you can stop dancing now. Thank you. <laughs> What is the best action film you've ever seen? Would you like to be in an action film? I think you'd be very good in an action film. Um, in the right part, yeah. I think there is, you know, there are archetypes that I could that I could maybe do, but you know, then what if you end up in a shitty action film, <laughs> or or if you have something shitty to do in an action film? It's you know? very interesting that action and romantic comedy, both of them, when they're good, amazing, quite easy to do them shitty ones. Interesting. Yeah, and they're both like 
a bit a bit inexorable when they're uh, inexorable or execrable. Um, you know, the bad one when they when they don't hit. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, and I think the answer is, or my answer is, a movie that I unfortunately have not seen in a very long time, and arguably has a sequel that is the the better answer. But I think the answer is the Road Warrior. Very good answer. I mean, but now fucking Fury Road is incredible. You're putting Road Warrior above Fury Road, okay? I am at this at this time, at this time. But maybe I'm being romantic by choosing, <laughs> you know, the older DNA. But mm-hmm. but I mean, it's uh, and I'm going to give it more points for the originality of it. You know, yeah, it's the first of the movies that look like Burning Man, huh. and uh, and there's been an awful lot of movies that look like Burning Man ever since then. And and a few good music videos as well. Uh, so, yeah, Road Warrior. And also, like, I, <laughs> you know, I think there's like an era of Mel Gibson movies where even knowing about him, what we know now, you can still like him because it was stuff that we didn't know yet. And maybe he wasn't that crazy yet. Maybe, like, fame drove him mad. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, uh, Road Warrior, Lethal Weapon. What's the cutoff point? Cutoff point is probably The Patriot. Okay, uh, I don't really, I don't have his oeuvre in front of me, but it's definitely, it's definitely before uh, Passion of the Christ, which he's not technically in, but still fascinating. So you think it's okay up to the Patriot of all the films? If you had to, which film do you think you could have made, and why? I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Really good shout because Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a lot. Is, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, actually, before, I think, last time. So pardon me if I'm repeating too much stuff. But like, yeah, and I think I said, like, I've, I'm more Cameron than I was Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think this is the answer here, because, like, Ferris Bueller is such fantasy fulfillment. And, yeah, I mean, it was a teenager in Chicago in the 80s, and I'm a teenager from Chicago in the 80s. And, uh, you know, it's sort of anti-establishment, a little bit romantic, uh, has, you know, stream of consciousness adventures, sort of, and builds to a the kind of perfectly executed comedy finale that I would certainly have been aspiring uh, to do. You know, I mean, that movie's, that movie's fucking genius, but a genius that felt like it was some kind of, through some kind of, you know, uh, heightened prism, a version of, of, uh, of my life or a life I wanted to, to be living. So, yeah. I, I love that. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but it's interesting you, you think you were Cameron more than Ferris, because I'd say now you're a Ferris. You're fun. You're really good at fun. That's what I I always say about you. You're fun. Like, you know how to do fun. Like, you're fun. <laughs> you're, like, good at karaoke. You're, like, you can do... F- you're, like, fun. Like, you look across the room, you're like, who's that fun guy? Oh, it's Brendan. Like, he's fun. <laughs> In a way that I yeah, admire and I'm jealous of, because I think you look across the room and you go, he is not fun. That guy looks like but he's going to But then that guy goes home and he wakes up in the morning and he's all alone. And he's got nothing but his pain. There, there's a Cameron in every Ferris. We know this. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. What film have you pretended to like to impress people? I have the same answer for this question as I do a question you have coming up. Okay. So should I wait until the second question comes and tell you? Okay. If, if it's one film you're going to say later, I'll say that's the film you pretended to like. Okay, great. Right. Yeah, bit of fun, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not going to wager this time, however. I will make no wagers whatsoever on your ability to predict my answers. I have paid the price, literally. 
in the past. That's the only reason I asked you back was I need a couple of quid. What? Not true. What is the film that you've never seen that you think it's mad you've never seen it? There are so many. Like I feel, you, you feel like you've seen a bunch of movies and. All the time, someone you love or respect says, and then there's, you know, blankety blank, and it's something, of course, you should have seen by then. And you feel like such an ass. This person assumes you've seen it. Yeah, so. Give me the big one. Which is why I try to, when someone says, like, oh, oh, blank, and, like, they haven't seen it, I don't go, you haven't seen it! Because that's just the fucking worst. Uh, But uh, Friday. That is mad. What's the film you love that you don't expect anyone else to like? (laughs) Um, uh, Ring of Fire. Is Ring of Fire the dragon film? Yep. With, with Christian Bale? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's the name of it. I loved it for a brief moment. You thought you thought you got him. No, it's not Ring of Fire. Yeah, but uh, that's so what this, you mean, right? This is another time where I'm mentioning a movie that I haven't seen in so long, but I fucking love IMDb. Yeah, it is Ring of Fire. Gerard Butler, McConaughey. Rain of Fire, of course. Rain of Fire with a G. Yes. One letter off from a Johnny Cash autobiography. <laughs> totally different. Rain of Fire, go on. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. And, like, it's, you know, sometimes you love a movie because of, like, the circumstances when you saw it. And I was in Edinburgh doing the festival with Boom Chicago. And um, Very nice. we had an afternoon off. And, like, let's go see a movie. They got movie theaters in Scotland, right? They do. They really do. And uh, we went to a place called the Odeon, thinking, like, this is the only theater in England called, or Britain, called the Odeon. <laughs> it's a chain, people. Turns out it's a chain. Um, but I'll never forget that the Odeon, the um, Odeon is where we saw Reign of Fire. Like, knowing nothing about it. Like, oh, oh this is cool. a McConaughey movie. Oh, great, McConaughey. Sure. And, you know, the McConaughey was many years off. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, just the ludicrousness of this movie that dragons have been under London <laughs> all this time. Just and they just decide to come up randomly. You know, Gerard Butler gets to dig in at Americans, uh, which I kind of love. Yeah, it's just, it's nonsense. It's an absolute nonsense movie. And sometimes, sometimes that's all you want out of a movie. Sometimes that hits this well. But no one else is going to like that. <laughs> no one's going to like it at all <laughs> because they didn't have the like right place, right time element of seeing it. Quick sub question about your life. You mentioned Burning Man. I don't think we talked about this last time. I, I've been to Burning Man once. Uh, you've been many, many times. Can you please tell me about your first experience there? How come you went and did it change your life? It did. That is a long story. It's a story that is mostly of things going quite terribly and being shown around by someone who claimed that they knew how to do Burning Man. They lied. <laughs> it is also the tale of being in a van where all four of the people in the van were Israelis who'd known each other for a long time mm. and bickered in Israeli for the entire time. I do not speak Israeli. And so it was a lot of like, and then moments of like, Brendan, it sounds terrible, but it is fine. We're just having a little chat about what our plans are for tomorrow. And then when we sort that out, we're going to come back and we're going to let you know. Just going at each other. And then it, you know, it, was, it was horrible for two days. And then like the last five hours was like, this place is magic. And I want to come here every time for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. I mean, I can get into it, but I feel like I'd be taking your time away. So uh, it's, a, it's a long thing. Oh, man, I want to know about those five hours. Hmm. Can you give us a, a taste? Because people are going to be annoyed if we don't get a taste right. in the five a, hours. A taste. So like the, the, it had been terrible weather. And then the last day, 
which is the actual burn. Last day we were there, and the burn is actually not that important. And if you, now you know, but you don't know it the first time. They had to push back the burn several hours. I was unprepared. I was wearing like essentially like clothes that I had purchased because I'd been hired to MC a fetish party in Amsterdam. And like I just moved back to the States from Amsterdam, so I didn't have a lot to go on. I did not know how to get dressed for Burning Man. So I was wearing this like shiny short sleeve shirt and essentially a dress made of straps. Um, and uh, what I didn't know is in the desert at night, it gets fucking cold. And so I'm freezing. All the Israelis are sleeping. They told me to stay out, you know, for as long as I wanted. And, um, the, you know, there's good music out there. The burn has happened. And I'm dancing. And, and I, I'm, I, for the first time in the whole three days, I'm making eyes with someone. And she's kind of looking back at me. And she's, she's got long red hair. She's very pale. I wonder now if she was Russian because she seemed to be alone and, like, didn't know kind of was going on or what she thought about the place. She was wearing full-on white lingerie, like, you know, bra, garters, lace, which is a thing you can do at Burning Man. Sure. Sounds wonderful. But, you know, when I dance, I go for it. She's in, she's going for it. I don't quite run up the courage to, like, kind of go to her, but I feel like contact has been made. And then she starts to walk away. She grabs a bag and walk away. And I, I track her. I see where she's going. Across the playa, the wide open playa, filled with lit up, you know, art cars and vehicles and lights everywhere. And I see where she's going, you know, that way. Like, mm -hmm. great. Stop real quick, open my backpack to pull out the uh, Long John thermal underwear that I had, had packed. I'm going to put these on over my boots real quick. I see her. <laughs> she's right there. <laughs> and for those who have not been to Burning Man, the notion of thinking you can keep tabs on someone who is more than seven feet away from you is highly, highly uninformed. And um, so I reached down, but I'm like keeping an eye on her and I'm like grabbing. <laughs> thing. I opened the plastic. I hadn't even opened the plastic um, of these long johns I'd bought, you know, on the road up and I'm trying to get them over my boots. And like, I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her and like, why is this a problem? And I fall into the dirt. The problem is these large long johns were a boy's large. So I was essentially... <laughs> Essentially trying to fit, you know, um, a, a, a condom onto my leg. Um, but I lay down there and, I'll, I'll, you know, Oscar Wilde style, I, I fall on my back and I look up mm -hmm. and it's the most beautiful sky I've ever seen in my life. And I look down and it's this, you know, landscape of, of man-made beauty of all these cars and lights and structures and everything. And that the combination of the natural beauty and the man-made beauty, you know, and my own stupidity being uh, blown into my face was a powerful cocktail. And uh, I, I haven't been back in, gosh, first of all, that was in 2008. I went to, I went five times total. Haven't been back since 2015. And I hope I get to go back next year. Wow. There, there would be no Ted Lasso. We would not know each other. Like, it, it absolutely changed my life and, uh, and made me a better everything I do, basically. Oh, Brendan. I mean, I'm tempted for you to tell us more. <laughs> I mean, we've all got, <laughs> we've all got hosts to go to, but. And, and and lady lady white lingerie never saw her again uh suffice to say i lost track of her in that yeah. in that moment yeah maybe she'd been taller but uh <laughs> no just didn't happen what a what a fucking story i do want to know more but maybe i'll ask you you know i, I suppose i'll see i'll probably see you again after this uh what's <laughs> the uh what's the film you would show a lover as a test to see if you should be together i've actually done this on accident and I thought for many years that I failed the test, but now I realize the other person failed the test. Um, the test. So I'm living in Amsterdam and I, I have this friend who is a, a, like, she's a professional dancer, kind of a showgirl. And like, we have this weird relationship where we, we'd met like five times in five different cities. And, 
And like we in, in Edinburgh, actually, it was the first one. And um, right. we'd hit it off, and we were occasionally romantic. And uh, and I had this massive crush on her, and she'd been doing a show in Russia, and then she comes to Amsterdam to uh, to stay with me, and. <laughs> Oh, boy. In a sign of how fried my brain had become after four and a half years of living in Amsterdam, I did not make the right decisions. And one thing was because I'd just seen Rushmore for the first time fairly recently. Right. So, <laughs> you know, she's in Amsterdam for two, three days. There's probably very specific things she wants to do to have a good time in Amsterdam. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to watch a movie. It's going to blow your mind called Rushmore. It did not land with <laughs> with my... <laughs> With my international show girlfriend in the way that I had hoped it would, but as the years have gone on, it has proven that that maybe that you know I was over romanticizing. Yeah, there, there I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that relationship to the point of having rose obscured glasses. That's funny because you you're like this is this is me right? This is us. This film is us. And she's like, this film is not me. <laughs> 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 I do not relate to this film about a weird little boy. <laughs> but thank you for showing me. I just thought we were going to have a fun night. And I've got to watch this. You're crying and there's this weird little boy living his life putting on plays. <laughs> so this is Amsterdam, huh? Yeah, yeah. This is what it is. We watch indie movies <laughs> inside. That's it. Yeah. I've been outside a lot. Please, can we stay in? It's been four and a half years. Don't make me do more drugs. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, what is the film that made you the most uncomfortable, Brendan Hunt? I enjoyed Blue Velvet so much, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed Wild at Heart so much. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I got to go back and see what else this guy's doing. Let's check out this Eraserhead movie. Like, oof, look at that poster. The guy's got an eraser for a head. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm sad to say that that is one of the few movies that, despite having rented it at great cost, what, $5.99? Uh, I did not complete uh, Eraserhead. Yeah. By the time it got to the part where the uh, tap dancing girl with all the goiters In the uh, jumps around tent. and crushes all the fetus heads, mm-hmm. I was 
I was no longer was no longer able to suspend my disbelief that I was enjoying myself. So you so you don't know what happens at the end. I mean, no one does. But you don't no, know I don't really know what happened in the middle either. <laughs> well, as a huge David Lynch fan, and we'll defend him to the death. I'm sad to hear that, but it is a film that will make you uncomfortable. I love it. It makes me very uncomfortable. In fact, I find it terrifying, and I don't even know why. I remember the first time I saw a razor head. I went to my sister. I'd been watching it in the middle of the day with headphones on. And I went to my sister and said, I'm shitting my pants. And she said, why? And I said, I'm watching a razor head. And she said, why is it scary? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm absolutely terrified. And that's magic. That's what you want for a film, isn't it? Abject it really terror, is, but you know? you no idea why. Visceral. Yeah. <laughs> if you could show a child one film, one film only, what would it be? I think Fantasia. Why so? Well, I mean, you know, you think animation right off the bat with, with kids, and I, I don't quite know, but I, I do think Fantasia is a, a goddamn magical movie. Um, and it holds up well. Watched it again last year. Oh, shit. We, we talked about Fantasia last time, too. I've again brought up a film that I, I mentioned before. So pardon me. That's, that's, that's too faux, faux pas. But I didn't talk about it in this, in this way, so I'm going to yeah, that's okay. sally forth. Also, no one ever mentions You're the only person who's mentioned it ever on this show. So really? I think you're, yeah, it's allowed a repeat. I mean, it's just, it's, as an adult, it's just great. Like, they took such big swings with it in ways they didn't have to do. And, um, I mean, it's great. And I think uh, there's just so much in it for kids. And it's like a wide variety of things. It's like, it's delightful and it's scary and it's heroic and it's beautiful. And, you know, I like, I like kids learning about music as well what you know uh, i like classical music getting its shot with kids so yeah fantasia it's it's lovely speaking of big swings can we talk about this we can cut it but i would love to ask you you know publicly in season two of ted lasso we made an episode beard after hours uh in which you it was a beard episode and and it was a wild beard goes on a wild night and so it was quite a long shoot that one because there was it was very mm -hmm high, you know, big stuff happening, stunts and lots of locations and lots of stuff. How was it? A lot of nighttime. For you. You you were brilliant and magnificent and I'm very proud of the episode and everything you did in it. But how actually was it for you to be in that position? Did you find it stressful? Was it a joy? Was it, did you feel pressure? Like, how was it? I didn't feel pressure, but only because there's a part of my brain sometimes that, I mean, my brain lets a lot of bad feelings in you know, or at least there's a lot of bad feelings trying to get in, but there's a part of my brain that successfully goes, this this bad feeling is really not going to help you. And specifically, this bad feeling is not going to help you do your job. Right. And and pressure is is was one that I was able to identify, I guess, and like just didn't let it in. It, so it was partially a joy and was partially incredibly stressful and tiring. A joy because, you know, since you and Joe had written that episode, like I just felt very taken care of. And, you know, and we were in the, we were in the hands of the great Sam Jones. So it was like, I don't have to worry about a lot of that stuff. You know, like these guys are fucking, these are my friends and, and they, and they want, <laughs> they want good things for me. So, <laughs> so this is fun, but you know, just physically very tiring for a, for a, <laughs> for a guy whose Pilates studios had all closed down due to a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and had been lugging his fish and chips ass around London for five months. So, yeah, it was very, like, tiring of these night shoots and, you know, 
The other the other episodes we were shooting at the same time needed me for some day shoots. Um, yeah, fucking hell, I remember which that. Which I, you know, I myself offered to go in to do that because I'm a goddamn hero, um, but also an idiot. Like, I should have been saving my energy. And as I've said publicly, I will say again, I don't think I did my best dancing. I think I could have been dancing better. Oh, you fucking joking. If I hadn't been running so much in earlier episodes and just, You're you know, joking. Getting cramped. You couldn't That's dance better? That's when I discovered better? the Theragun. very powerful. Yeah, like it's all arm dancing in that episode because my legs were just jacked from all the running away from from the hooligans. Right. There's two things I'm going to say. One is uh, <laughs> this is from well, three things. One, it was really really fun when we shot that because it was all night shoots. We were all together, and you, me, and Joe, and and Sam, and it was really fun. And we had like lunch time, which was always like midnight. Was really fun. Always fun. But like yeah. the day we filmed the nightclub sequence. Not only were you brilliant, but like you were kind of conducting an ent- a massive room of extras all dressed up Burning Man style. And like we did a couple of times, ta- you were dancing all fucking day. And there was a bit where you sort of talked them through how we were going to do it. And you like danced, you, you like choreographed them. You danced, like you did a thing where you crouched down really slow and then you popped up. And I was like, this is, this is wonderful. This is just really, really great. <laughs> and then the other thing I say is, if you don't mind... Thierry Henry is one of your heroes, correct? And you have yes, been a huge absolutely. football fan. And we had Thierry Henry and Gary Lineker in this episode. And there was they were both brilliant and lovely and we, we had a nice time with them. But there was a moment, I'd spent more time with them because you were busy. And there was a moment where it was like lunch and Thierry and Gary were in a room together and you came into that room and I left you alone so that you could have lunch with Gary Lineker and Thierry Henry and you were in there for an hour just like locked in the room the three of you and you came out and you looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins after he loses his virginity (laughs) 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 you had the same look on your face (laughs) and I I said to you, was that the best moment of your life? Like, rank it, birth of your son, lunch with Thierry and Gary. I don't know if you ever were able to rank them. (laughs) It's a personal question, Brett. I'm not going to answer that. I'm definitely not going to answer it in public. That's untoward of you. (laughs) That was a very special time. Very special day. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, you tell us. How was that lunch? I mean, it was great. I mean, they... uh... You know, you think like you meet these guys, you know, rallies or whatever, and you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about football with them. I'm sure they get tired of talking about football. All they want to talk about is football. All they want to talk about. I mean, I got the sense that Lineker, even more than than Henri, was like football, 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 football. And uh, and Thierry Henry was happy to go along for the ride. But like, you know, like the French national team roster came in for for the Euros while we were there. Like Thierry Henry was like, you know, having like little celebrations and stuff and. You know, they both played at Barcelona. They both had things to say about Barcelona. And I tried to just not ask any questions, you know. And these guys just, just chatted it up the whole time. Yeah, it was just really, really cool. They uh, they sure love Lionel Messi. Tell you what. <laughs> uh, good stuff. That's a little bit of insider, <laughs> insider knowledge for you. It's a little bit of gossip. They actually really like Messi. <laughs> I think it's really good. <laughs> Contro- it's a controversial opinion, but I actually think he's really good. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> There's the pull quote when this episode comes out. <laughs> Brendan spills. 
do, 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 do. Welcome to the Patreon section. Oh, welcome back, Brendan Hunt. Lovely to have you back. The VIPs have been asking for you. That's one another reason I brought you back. Cause they're all like, "Where has he gone? He was the most fun." I said, "He is fun. He's fucking fun. That's like his thing. He's really fun. I don't know how he does it. I don't. I want to learn his ways." First thing they want to know is, "Have you got a secret for them? You got a new secret? You've never told anyone?" I mean, what comes to mind is not not a fun secret, but you know, we talk about things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to hear about a non no. secret. No, of course I do. As long as you're so, comfortable. Please tell me a secret. Okay, it's not fun. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I always, yeah, of course you can share here. It's a distant, it's a distant sadness. But, you know, I talked about your last, last time about like, you know, high school was rough. But uh, there was a period in high school where I, I wanted to die. And I slept with, I basically had opened a bottle of, of uh, Tylenol. You know, which I think is ibuprofen, maybe it's acetaminophen, but uh, over-the-counter painkillers. And I just emptied it out under my pillow uh, so it could just be there. So when, at a moment's notice, when I'd finally had enough of, um, you know, life, I wouldn't have to go through the extra step of trying to open one of those bottles. I mean, they're childproof. They're childproof, and I was technically a child. So that was a, an obstacle I had to remove from the process. And eventually my mother found it, and she... You know, she like made me write down the <laughs> the addresses and phone numbers of all my friends because at that point she just thought I was going to run away too, which I eventually did. Brenton, yeah, I was I was really quite quite close to at least a, a solid attempt at, at ending things. And golly, I'm sure glad I'm sure glad I didn't. You know, and I mean, things things get things get better. I speak for everyone when I say I'm very glad you didn't. And I'm very sad to hear that. And I wonder if was there was it a um, incremental changes or was there uh, one thing like was there a specific thing you can remember where you were like, I don't feel that way anymore. Great question. Um, I think it was incremental, but I think the main thing was going to college. You know, getting getting out of the house and you know no longer being in a you know kind of a a dysfunctional domestic setting, a, 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 a domestic setting with good intentions, hmm. but but poor execution, and uh, to be in a to be just not there at all was really good for me. And then further to be in a in a theater program, you know, where it was really about like, hey, let's talk about your shit because you know if you talk about your shit, it, then it weighs you down just a little bit less. And I think that is a an absolute truth, I and mean, that's why people should go to therapy. And people who are like, "Yeah, theater people, isn't theater just therapy?" Like, fuck you for being right. Um, that's very rude. How dare you? So, yeah, you know, the, like, and I guess all that, all that is, the, you know, why did I not kill myself? Because of the, I went to a different process, the process of finding myself um, a bit more instead. Oh no, Brett. No, Brett, don't do this. <laughs> oh, 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 Roy Kemp's not so mean, people. He was smiling that whole time. Oh, ah, come on, get me all misty in here. Where is he? Right. Where is he? Get in there. Um, <coughs> so, Brendan, Brendan Hunt. Uh, so hang in there, people. Hang in there. It's, you never know. You never know what, what might get sorted before too long. 
Thank you for sharing that, Brendan. What is the best soundtrack to a film? Uh, this is a very tough question on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's only one right answer, and it's Purple Rain. Love because it. Purple Rain is one, of the, is one of the best albums of all time, so it must be one of the best soundtracks of all time. I mean, that is nine, nine amazing songs lined up perfectly. It's just, it's just exquisite. It is, it is absolutely perfect. It is one of the greatest artists we've ever had at the peak of his powers. And yes, I know he made approximately 50 other albums, but I mean, Purple Rain is, is, fucking, is fucking it. Very, very good. Ooh, I burped a little. Little treat for the Patreons. <laughs> it's a fucking banger, Purple Rain. I mean, it is. Come on. Come on. Why are you, compl- whoa, whoa, on. Why are you all complaining? It's a banger. What's the best film to watch on a plane? I have rules about watching a movie on a plane. I don't like watching big movies on a plane. I want to watch Good a man. small movie that is perhaps TV-sized. For that reason, I have chosen uh, The Odd Couple. Now, as y- you know, these people might not, that I have... I've done a lot of watching The Odd Couple to, you know, as research for a play that I wrote that is, you know, has very Odd Couple inspired. But The Odd Couple is not well directed as a film. It is not visually striking. It is very dated. But the fucking performances are unbelievable. Jack Lemmon himself already amazing. And as good as Jack Lemmon is in that movie, Walter Matthau might be twice as good. Mm-hmm. Walter Matthau... I think gives in that film one of the greatest single comedic performances of all time on film. He's fucking incredible in that movie. I highly recommend it. Again, the movie itself, not perfect, not perfect. I wish you, you wish Mike Nichols had directed it like he directed the play. But um, Walter Matthau, worth the price of admission. Uh, that is a really, really good, unusual and very smart answer. I did good. Ten points, ten points. Wow. First time you've scored, actually, is it? Uh, what is, uh, if you could only show your parents one film, what would it be? What film would you like to show your parents? Oh, boy. See, now I'm going to take a walk down childhood trauma one more time. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> actually, I have I to what I wrote down is not that great an answer. I'm going to have to run around again. Oh, God. But I'll go. <laughs> uh, Philomena. Philomena. I'm more thinking of my my mom than my dad. Now, my mom was not, you know, uh, held hostage in in a Irish nunnery by any means, okay, but good, she oh, good news. <laughs> she did have a child very young, and uh, due to the social mores of the time, had to go go away and uh, let that child be uh, given up for adoption. Fun fact: that uh, girl has found us, and now I have uh, an older sister, so that's kind of lovely. But you know, I think my mom never quite gave herself enough credit for a that being a very traumatic event for her, mm-hmm. and b that. Other people had gone through it. And, you know, Philomena is a fantastic movie. And, you know, I was really struck by, like, it's the first time I've seen that, that has taken this sort of moment in, in time of, of the Catholic Church misusing its power and kind of gave you a hint of, like, the scope of it, but in a very, like, personal way. And I think it would have helped my mom know that she wasn't alone. Hmm. All right. I'm going to give you 30 points for that. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so now what 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 film have i pretended to like to impress people oh okay uh, the film it's a razor head yeah <laughs> a razor head oh yeah no david lynch he's the best anyway, he, he's never he is the best he's, 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 never, he's never had a swing and a miss never once you, never once. you shut never your once. mouth i'm taking 10 points off for that <laughs> um i'm due for a rewatch 
<laughs> David Lynch, obviously a genius, doesn't need my approval, but uh, but yeah, it was. I just got it to it at the wrong time. As much as I came to Reign of Fire at the exact right time, <laughs> the inverse was true for a Razorhead. And but that you know that's boring because those movies show up in the same sentence all the time. <laughs> and here we are again talking about the Razorhead Reign of Fire dichotomy. <laughs> Brendan Hunt, you have been wonderful as always. I'm glad I brought you back to life. And having listened to your answers to these questions, I've decided I'm going to let you live. <gasps> wow. Maybe not forever. So watch your back, son. Oh, well, that's fair. Watch your back. <laughs> but before we go, uh, my lawyer's here, your lawyer, and he, he wants, you're doing your will. I don't know if you knew about that. And the lawyer wants to know what is the one DVD you would leave to your loved ones? Um, I guess I gotta go with uh, good old Yellow Submarine, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, there's a lot of a lot of the DNA of what made me in that movie, and a lot of um, well, one real big ending that tells you a real good message for all you need truly is love. Mm. And um, and the animation holds up, and some of the jokes hold up. Yellow Submarine, have a good time, Brendan Hunt. Uh, I I bloody love you. There, I mean, I've said it. It's out there. Thank you for doing this. I love you, Brad. I'm not going to run over there and hug you, but I do. I do love you. But two. If you had a double Patreon, they get two hugs. But Patreon is a one hug situation. Right? <laughs> it's a, it's a Until they really start to cough it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want the hugs? You got to pay. <laughs> uh, what's the, is there anything other than Ted Lasso that people should be looking out for with you or listening to or anything you would like to promote? You have a play coming. I have a, a play going up next summer at uh, the Kirk Douglas Theater, a show called The Art Couple, and it was supposed to go up on March 18th of 2020, but then Tom Hanks got sick, and a lot of stuff got canceled. Um, the sets were up, it was ready to go, and it's been announced as going up next summer, but now Ted Lasso might be uh, getting in the way of that. We'll see. Hopefully it can still see. happen. They just might have the dates around, but uh, The Art Couple at the Kirk Douglas in the summer of 2021, knock wood on all that. Very, very good. Brendan Hunt, have a wonderful life. Love to your boy. Good day to you, sir. Thanks for having me, Brad. So that was episode 174. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you can see the video with Brendan and lots of other guest stuff is there. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a very nice thing to read. Helps with numbers, etc., etc. blah, blah, blah. You get the gist by this point. Thank you so much to Brendan for doing this show. Thanks for sharing his secret with us. Thanks to Scribbles Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week. I will be joined by another amazing guest. I won't tell you who, but it's a really great one. As usual, come on. I hope you're all well. Thank you for listening. So that is it for now. Have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other.
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.